Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Are you ready? I am very ready. Pumped? Pumped up. <laughs> that sounded like a Jersey Shore reference or something. Pumped up. That's not very royal. It's time for another episode of Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And before we get into this jam-packed A Session Day episode, we have so much to talk about on that front. But before we get into it, follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Also, please, please, please write us an email, info at gallerypodcasts.com. We love to hear from our listeners and we would so love to hear from you. We would also love five stars on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review and a rating if you haven't already. Rachel, tell us what we're talking about today. All right, we have a lot. I'm going to quickly uh, run through the rundown here. We're talking about the Better Up event with Prince Harry, which was such a thrill. I tuned in for the full, as much of the day as I could, which was a joy. We're talking about Kate playing with Legos, playing rugby, Kate basically everywhere. Kate, 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 Kate. Kate, Kate, Kate. Kate. <laughs> the Kate <laughs> Feeling show. tired for her. Um, we are also talking about the biggest headlines around town, around the world about Queen Consort Camilla. So we're getting into all of that coming up. And now for our royal refreshment. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Rachel, what are we sitting today? So something very festive and sparkly for Valentine's Day. We were gifted this lovely bottle of Runar. Am I saying it correctly? It's like this beautiful, beautiful Blanc de Blanc. And it's uh, for Valentine's. I feel like we, I was thinking we could mix it into a cocktail, but it's actually really nice on its own. What do you think, Roberta? Yeah, it's fancy. I mean, it's one of the fanciest champagnes I think I've ever drank. So that yeah, makes sip me it feel slowly, really good. so you yeah. savor it. <laughs> I'm not mixing it into anything. No, that's for no, sure. it's that's great pure. Sure. But you can get it at ourcellar.com, and it was just kind of a nice treat when they reached out. So we're very happy yeah. to sample it this week and think about Valentine's. I think it's perfect Valentine's Day uh, Chardonnay blend. That's what Blanc de Blanc is. So it's basically champagne, but it's made from 100% Chardonnay grapes. And it's so good. It's perfectly bubbly and it's not too sweet. And I think if you drink it on its own or with like, I don't know, if you're making a seafood dinner for your Valentine, whatever it is, it would pair so well with that. Yeah. Do you have plans? Um, You know what's really exciting, actually? This is not related to romance, but I just got the okay that I can volunteer at Finn's school on for his Valentine's. And they've it's all been banned because of COVID. And so I'm going to go in and stuff Valentine's and distribute in his classroom, which also feels like the coolest classroom job. I used to love making Valentine's yeah. as a kid. That's it's like so parenting fun. dreams are made of this. You know what I mean? <laughs> your, I bet your yours are going to be so good. I can't wait to see them uh, on I, 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 Yeah, pictures. I tried. I tried. But yeah, I, um, I'm excited. But what about you? What are you doing? So we, I am like in this mindset where you don't have to eat on February 14th because it's just no. easier to yeah. get a reservation a different day. So we're Absolutely. actually going this week out to a tapas, tapas place. And yeah, I'm so excited. That's like, I mean, that's the dream just to yeah. sip sangria and eat tapas. And- or this delicious bubbly runar. But yes, yeah, it was, exactly. um, it felt good on its own. But anyways, uh, cheers. <laughs> Do we have a listener email today, we, So we don't have a listener email, but I did want to talk to you about some amazing 
reviews that we received after Annie Fitzsimmons joined us last week on the podcast. We got such great feedback from everyone, all the Roros, who were dying for this <laughs> list. And you can thank Roberta for crafting together the Instagram post that pulled together all the recommendations from the episode because I feel like it was critical to have that cheat sheet. We had this awesome comment on the Instagram. Oh, darn. So I pulled over to the side of the road to feverishly take notes for nothing. <laughs> that made <laughs> oh, me laugh. I love that. But I we will that. deliver for you guys. But there were some additional recommendations that we that we didn't discuss and I wanted to mention here. Liberty of London. And oh, Sonia yeah. said, treat yourself to a cashmere scarf, ladies and gents. That is a great idea. The British Museum, Roberta, have you been there? Yes, I have been. I do want to also add Liberty of London, just the prints. It's like Rifle Paper Co., but on steroids. On it's steroids. just so, so yeah. beautiful. So it's it's such a joy to go there. So I, I totally second that recommendation. But yeah, the British Museum is great. That like rotunda, that's so yeah, beautiful. It is. And yeah, we used to stay near there. I forget the area, but there's a really cute pub right across the street. So go there if you can. And then tea at Brown's came up a few times from uh, listeners, but that was where you had your high tea, That's right? That's where I had tea. Yeah. And you loved it. I wonder it. if it's on like a best best London places list or something. Because yeah, I, I feel like that's a really, really popular place. And it was amazing. Yeah, many so people good. agreed with you on that. And then Highgrove, which I had to Google, but you can go and tour the gardens. If you click that link, Roberta, you can see the absolutely mm. epic gardens of this residence of Charles. And now, you know, obviously Charles and Camilla both spent a good amount of time there, but it was something that Charles acquired in the 80s and did a lot of work on. So anyways, lots, like the list is so long and we all just cannot wait to get over there. But thank you again to Annie because that was a really, really awesome episode. I will say Photoshop is not my friend. So I'm glad that so many people enjoyed that little graphic. Uh, it is your friend. We you are talented. <laughs> it's really it took didn't have to quite be pretty. It Worth was it. pretty, but you just Worth needed it. the list. That's what we needed to give everyone. Well, I'm so glad it brought so many people joy and they didn't have to pull over on the side of the road like one listener did <laughs> to write down everything. All right. This week in Royal History. And now, this week in Royal History. We're flashing back to February 10th, 2005, the day that Charles and Camilla announced their engagement. That formal announcement came just two months before their civil ceremony and church blessing on April 9th, 2005, and 35 years after they first met. So quite a long time coming. 35, man. Yeah. The length of that courtship. Wow. I know. I know. They had this big party at Buckingham Palace for post-announcement, Camilla came out in this floor-length red dress. Charles was wearing a tux with a red collar and red cuffs, which was just, it was a funny choice of color, I think, for their engagement. But hey, I mean, power couple, Someone power needs color. to do like a deep dive into Charles' style over the years. Like we focus <laughs> so much on Diana and all the other royals, but Charles has had some fascinating looks, especially skiing, things like that. Like it's really worth exploring And more. he loves fashion. He started that yes. Net-a-Porte, Uke's line. Yeah, the, totally. I, I second that for sure. Uh, so the ring that he gave Camilla was an heirloom from his grandmother, the Queen Mother, and features that massive five-carat emerald-cut diamond that we've all seen in the center and then three diamond baguettes on either side. There was a press release that day that said it is intended that Mrs. Parker Bowles should use the title HRH Princess Consort when the Prince of Wales accedes to the throne. Dun, dun, so dun. <laughs> we're just foreshadowing what's coming up on the episode. She was also you know, given the title of Duchess of Cornwall at her wedding day and that would later they say change to the duchess of lancaster when Hmm. he acceded the throne so 
I don't know about titles, but we know that, you know, no longer princess consort. So a little bit of a tease there. Oh, honorable mention. I just wanted to mention that on this date as well, or actually this week in royal history, there's also the announcement that Diana made that she was pregnant with Harry. And of course, we know that Meghan and Harry copied that announcement date with their Lilibet pregnancy announcement so gosh needed to throw those in there oh it's such a like it's a busy week for the royals very busy week I know and I can't believe Lilibet is almost a year like all of that is just what is time Roberta I I ask that all the time All right, the Royal Rundown, as we said, so much going on with Kate. Like, we usually talk about what the Royals have been up to, but it's basically what's what Kate has been up to, I would say. She's so busy. It's like, <laughs> I do feel like I'm really tired for her. Like, I have secondhand tiredness from seeing and then all it's these like photos. a surprise engagement. Like, she just even, like, her schedule gets, you know, upended with these, like, let's just throw you out. You know, she's she's got a lot on her calendar and then stuff that's not on her calendar. So yeah. it's fascinating. But we want to talk about the rugby performance, or I shouldn't call it a performance, but a rugby <laughs> appearance. It was kind but of a kind performance of- because that's like so out of her. It's so out of her element, but it's so it's not because she is sporty and athletic, but it was a lot of rugby. Yeah. Like, did she take lessons before this? I don't know. Her athletic gifts. I mean, it's just it's. They never cease it's to amaze. It's a wonder to watch. Just to back up, she was officially <laughs> named, as we te- we thought would happen last week, that as royal patron of the Rugby Football Union and the Rugby Football League. This was previously a role that Harry had when he was a senior member of the royal family, and she attended this training session at Twickenham Stadium. Yeah, at Twickenham Stadium. Don't try to say that fast, Rachel. Um, but yeah, Athletic Kate, like I feel like when I saw this, you know, she nailed that photo op. She was lifted into the air, which I guess because we cannot handle sports, Roberta, but sports talk, a line out play that was mm. choreographed quite perfectly. But I just felt like I had such anxiety because I really loathe gym class and the idea that any athletic performance would be seen around the world just gave me anxiety for her. But I don't know how you felt about it. No, but I think she was I think she handled it superbly and she was dressed for the part and and then we saw that she's going to Denmark soon. So then there was this announcement that and it was weirdly with Legos. What did you think about that? Did you love that? Because I feel like Finn has Legos, right? Yeah, he- I mean, he does. But I feel like what made me laugh is when I was first watching it, because it was such an unadorned, like there was no nail polish or anything. I was like, this could be anyone's hand. And then that ring pops in. And mm, you're like, I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, it's Kate because you're a royal watcher and you kind of have a hunch. But then the ring is like the the in case you were wondering, I thought that was a really great detail. I know. And they were announcing the trip to Copenhagen February 22nd to the 23rd. So later this month, she'll go solo for a fact-finding mission. It's her first solo trip since 2019. And I just think it's brilliant move by her PR team because all I've seen on Instagram and in the news is Crown Princess Mary. I feel like because it's her 50th mm-hmm. birthday, there were these gorgeous portraits of her. Then she was in, a, I think, a write-up for... Forbes magazine and she had another you know set of gorgeous photos so it's the 40th and 50th birthday gal reunion (laughs) you're so right but yeah to see those two together I think Crown Princess Mary and Kate Middleton will be quite the you know royal tour I'm excited and Prince William's on a tour this week too he goes to Dubai on February 10th I forgot about that so lots going on 
more Kate. She joined, you know, this now, you know, these photos are iconic at this point, but Camilla and Charles for at Trinity Buoy Wharf for the Prince's Foundation training site. That's the, for arts and culture is located there. Uh, the coverage was just all about how rare it was for the three to be together like that. You know, it was right after her rugby appearance, but I think it was fascinating the choice. I guess my two cents on this is basically that Camilla and Charles have to know that Kate seems to have the magic touch, right? The coverage they will get when she joins is much more elevated and impressive and all of that. So it really does bring the attention because it is rare to have just Kate join something like that. Or even if William was there, it's still rare. Yeah. And I think she has a way. I think that what I read was that she was invited because it was about arts and Kate does have, you know, these all these hobbies like she is a drawer and a photographer. And so she just I think in music, she's a pianist. Like she's just like so many hobbies. So I think that they definitely wanted her there. I know. I know. Uh, But okay, not a Kate mentioned. Then we also had a Beatrice sighting. Princess Beatrice was out and about in a puffy statement sleeve orange jacket and pleated blue skirt and I just I didn't I didn't want this episode to be complete without that mention because if you haven't seen the photo I do think this jacket belongs in the episode it deserves a place of honor somewhere so I threw it in it is okay no look no oh my gosh it is stunning in that orange hue too uh more news that's not about Kate (laughs) Charles is going to be traveling to Winchester this week also on February 10th when William is due in Dubai uh for an unveiling of the licorice of Winchester bronze statue near her home in the Jewish quarter so Ian Frank Broadley the same sculptor that did the Diana statue is the one responsible for this I feel like all the press about it, Roberta, is for this Charles appearance is about the a little bit of doom and gloom about traffic that it's going to bring to this small town. (laughs) Did you know, though, that this is like the craziest thing I learned, though, from this um, news story is that Winchester was the old capital of England. I was like, wait, what? No, I missed that. Fun fact there. That that needs to be added to the next trivia book. But yeah. Yeah. Winchester was the medieval England's capital. So I don't know. I hope I got that right for our listeners. That's fascinating. I was just reading about the traffic and I was thinking of like New York City when the UN meets or something like that. Oh god! I was like, all the people would get all grumbly. Hopefully, the statue won't bring that much attention. But I do think it is really cool because it's there's like a uh, little known, but you know, very um, honorable Jewish presence in this part of the country. And yeah. so I think that it is really cool to have this statue there. And, yeah, and that Prince Charles is going to and draw give it the attention. attention. To it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, and then last on the Kate. To show we have her going to read one of her favorite children's tales, The Owl Who Was Afraid of the Dark by Jill Tomlinson on CBB Sunday for Children's Mental Health Week. She joins a bunch of other actors and actresses who have done this. So it's very celebrity of her, I think, to do this little reading. And she and it, there's a lot going on in the picture of her. Like there's so much in the background. I, I don't even know where to start, but I did love that uh, she will be reading a children's story on TV. Also, I feel like it looks like she's wearing the vaccine mom jeans. Did you see that in oh. the picture? I was like, they definitely, no, I need to take a if you look. compare, it looks very, I, I love the reappearance the of that look. Vaccine mom <laughs> jeans. That's a great title for that. <laughs> There and other stories, right? That's what they are. Yeah, I think so. And I was going to say just because of, you know, I am always with, you know, with Finn, I'm 
eager to add to his bookshelf and I went to go buy this title. It's there, There's two versions. One's 32 pages and a hun- another is 112 pages. And oh, wow. the one that's 112 pages on Amazon is now billed as related to Kate. They have that in the heading on Amazon. Oh. But it's sold out everywhere. It's like Duck Rabbit 2.0. So. <laughs> but why is it 100 pages? I think that there's – I don't know why there's two versions. I'm sure she's reading the 32-page version, but it's weird that Amazon is billing the 112-page version as the one that she's reading. Because what if she sat down for a casual reading and it was 112 pages? Oh, no, no, (laughs) no. no. So many Kate appearances. Please, I hope she gets rest this weekend. But better up. I want to talk about this, Roberta. It was a fantastic event on February 3rd. This was the conversation for Inner Workday between Prince Harry, Serena Williams, and Alexi Robichaux. I, I just want to say that I love that you gave me real-time updates via oh, yeah. our... <laughs> I think Roberta had so much work on this particular when it was airing live. And I was like ignoring the fact that she was like, I really have to focus. And I was like, he just said this. They're nodding a lot in the chat. Like, she's like, she just talked for eight minutes. I was like, wow, what did they like? I was on the I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, I'll go rewatch later. And of course, like it got away from me. So tell me what I missed. What was the highlight? No, I think that in general, I just thought my my main reaction to this was I think a way a way back. I believe it was Omid that came on a long time ago, Omid Scobie, and he said, you know, one of the things that's on the horizon for the Sussexes is they have all these channels like Netflix and and Spotify and, you know, a lot with Archwell, and we're really looking at, they have to now deliver on all of that. And I think I went into this Better Up event being like, are we going to get royal tidbits here and there or whatever? But the thing is, there were no royal tidbits, right? It was really about the content, about Better Up, about Harry's, you know, commitment to mental health. And he delivered on that. I kind of, like with the Dax Shepard podcast, I forgot that I was listening to Prince Harry. I was taking the tips. He talks a lot about self-care. And I want to play a clip about that. Everyone has such busy days anyway, that even if you do have that 15 minute slate of, of, of white space, by the way, I now put in about half an hour, 45 minutes in the morning when it's like, okay, one of the kids has gone to school, the other one's taking a nap, right? There's a break in our program. It's like, right, it's either for workout, to take the dog for a walk, get out in nature, maybe meditate. I know that I need to meditate every single day. I would hope that everybody would be able to do that. But the reality is that once your time starts slipping away and once you have other commitments in your day or you need to be there and just show up for other people, guess what? The self-care is the first thing that drops away. That part of the whole segment really resonated for me. And I was thinking about, you know, daily practices for myself. I've been trying to do a tea and toast ritual in the morning after I drop Finn off. I was curious if you have a practice, like, what do you do to kind of like for self-care center yourself during the day? Do you have a self-care moment? Because I think we all need and deserve one. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like my self-care is like when I get to work out, like when I'm at the gym and a lot of times I don't actually listen to anything. I, I don't have AirPods in or anything because I just, I don't know. I like to use that time to just think and like reflect. And so yeah, my workout time is my self-care time for sure. See, but that's like Serena. Serena says her self-care in this thing because she talked, shared so much. I loved her so much as part of this, which she said she needs to just shut her brain off. Like she doesn't mm-hmm. want things in her ears when she, so she can just kind of just zone out a little bit and yeah. then her thoughts can That's wander. That's like the thing I do for myself every day because everything else feels like in service to something else. Like it's a chores or working or whatever, but that is like, 
I want to take care of my body and mind. And that's why, you know, I go to the gym or I do a workout class or whatever it is. Yeah. So yeah, that I, I love that. And I love their friendship. I love Serena and Harry's friendship. Exactly. Like, I think that was what was also so engaging to watch was they just had such a rapport and Alexi was a part of the conversation, but it kind of turned into just Serena and Harry going back and forth and clearly going off script. And Serena revealed that Harry's really been her coach through a lot of tough times for her when they have conversations for hours, she said, and he's always solving all my life problems. And she she added that she'll think, okay, I need some more problems solved. When can I come over and see Harry? Which made me laugh. I know. And I can't (laughs) help but imagine like the couple like double dates that they have because last year it was Megan talking with Alexis Ohanian, so Serena's Mm -hmm. husband, the, the founder of Reddit. And I feel like they must have the best double dates to be able to talk about all of this stuff together and they are kind of in agreement on everything I will say his hair threw me for a loop <laughs> on this one because I was like I remember that was one of our part Rachel, of our conversation he's so much more bald with this haircut like what's he doing what's going on yeah. it was so much better when it was more shaggy up top it was like it was yeah, like a close military cut but when you don't have a lot of hair up there it's mm-hmm. just I don't know. It Am harsher I being with mean? The black like, shirt I feel like too. I'm being no, mean. No, I think I think with the black shirt, it just looked harsher, and you know the lighting of everything. But yeah, new hair for Harry. Yeah, but like no hair for Harry. <laughs> no, is really, what yeah. it is. Yeah, exactly. hairless Harry. Anyways, oh gosh. big story this weekend the queen marked 70 years on the throne and we got an announcement about camilla first i want to get into the queen's social media blitz this weekend so there was a lot a lot coming from the royal family channel which i loved every bit of it of course yes how could you not it was just so wonderful to see her in a video all that stuff yes yeah, so there was first the photos and video of elizabeth admiring cards and artifacts from past jubilees and from this jubilee And all the artifacts were really cute, too. There was, like, a recipe for a queen. It was just really sweet to see that. She was wearing two brooches given to her by her father on her 18th birthday. So just, you know, call out to February 6th is the day that he passed 70 years ago. And I did love this, that Candy the Corgi, her Corgi, made a cameo in this video. And walks in kind of struts in and she's like I know why you're here and then just turns on its heel and walks out it's like ugh. like I I feel like the dog's inner monologue was like this is boring goodbye like seeing all the photographers well and also any moment that you can see like a sense of humor from the you know because we always hear about the queen's sense of humor too and I think just catching any glimpse of that is really fulfilling as a royal watcher and we do like we see a lot of still photos of the corgis and hear a lot about them but we don't get to see them on video so I just that was my favorite part. But then there was also that new portrait by Chris Jackson, who's been on the pod quite a bit. I feel like we need like a sh- like, of course, he's like keeps it under wraps. And then it's like, no, I wish we I'm could phone a friend massive. right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ask him how it went. But yeah, so it was a portrait of the queen with the red box. And she was on this occasion wearing two brooches from her mother on her 21st birthday. So honoring both parents in those two portraits. And then we had this event on Saturday at Sandringham, and the audio is not great. There's a lot of photographers around. Everyone's talking, but she's basically – the queen is walking up to this cake that they made that has that official Platinum Jubilee logo on it, and it's facing away from her. So here is a little clip from that. If you will, Mum, to um, cut the first slice. 
I did remark that it was upside down and you wouldn't be able to see what was on it. I told it had to be upside down for the press. As they can see. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't Just, matter. No. Yeah. Well, it I think does. I can probably read it upside down. I too. think you probably can. <laughs> the Queen's Latin Jubilee. Yes. That's uh, there is a There is a knife. Knife. I don't know whether you would like to just do a little bit. I it? think I might just put a knife in I it. think that's a really good idea. See if it works. Oh, yes, it, oh, it goes does. in beautifully. beautifully. Somebody else can... Finish it off. Do the rest of it. Well done. <laughs> I love you. Beautifully. Her, I could hear that. Yeah. I could listen to that on repeat. And she's like... <laughs> Oh, so I can't see it because I don't matter. And I just think that that it's she's funny. We've, yeah. She's so funny. I love this too, that the walking stick that she used at the event was actually Prince Philip's, which it's was really all sweet. All the details, right, Roberta? That's what just makes, warms our heart. <laughs> but this is all just a pregame to the big party, pre-game. which is the fact that there was a massive statement headline bust yeah we need like a whole like an air horn yeah. this is like what <laughs> <laughs> the statement released that revealed that the queen supports calling camilla queen consort big deal big big deal Huge. rachel you said you had, had a lot of dms from yeah, friends so asking what this all from roros and friends that were just like i really don't understand what this means and so i did some i i needed to reclarify honestly for myself and so basically it's, the question was, why isn't Camilla the same as Prince Philip? And it's because king consort or the title of king is only allowed for males who inherit the throne. And that's not the same for queen, which is why Camilla has the option. Yeah. And I think it was actually, it was weirdly an exception to the rule that she would be called prince's consort, yes. not the other way around. She, along with uh, the queen mother and queens before her have always been queen consort. Mm-hmm. There's never been king consort because I feel like exactly like you said, but also that they would maybe give to them too much power. Yes. When really, it was just a spouse. Exactly. But queen consort is the norm. And so they were breaking from the norm by declaring that she'd be princess consort until it seems like the public came around. I really liked this, though. Ro- uh, Robert Lacey, who was on the pod a couple years ago, a royal historian, told People, he said, in the message, the queen was acknowledging her own mortality and looking to the future. As she thought about her father, George VI, she would have also thought about her mother and the importance she played as a partner to him. Lacey also noted that the April death of Prince Philip was also you know a big part of this decision he says and then of course with the passing of prince philip she's considered the sacrifices and difficulties of becoming a consort so it's just that camilla's kind of earned this after 17 years of Mm -hmm. being charles's wife i think that it would be weird not to at this point i don't but how do you feel about it i'm curious because i do feel like it's hard not to feel defensive of diana right i mean yeah there's yeah and i pulled this comment from Instagram that kind of summed that view up and I I do I do get the I I understand where they're coming from with this the comment says oh this is one of those things that divides me I adore Diana and want to honor her memory but I know how much Charles has always loved Camilla and then this person there was another comment a suggestion to posthumously add HRH back to Diana's title which I thought was That's a really, really nice, interesting actually that would be a smart move by them a PR move by them but and that was something that William had always thought about right I mean this was before his mother's passing but when that was a part of the divorce settlement he said that that when he was king he would give that back to her correct yeah i i was torn by 
I was really torn, but I think, and I wrestled with this, like, I don't love, you know, I, I hate thinking about Diana and how she would feel about this and how Camilla was, you know, in this adulterous affair with, with Prince Charles. And, but then on the other side, it's like, have you ever been in a role for 17 years and not gotten recognized for that work? Like, I just, I can't imagine. And I think we are allowed to, you know, the past is the past. And maybe, you know, we all evolve as individuals. And Camilla has really earned this position, right? I mean, she, look at her work with domestic violence, the reading room. She's also just a calming presence for Prince Charles. I think, are we okay with it? I've just been fascinated by the blitz of, you know, we, the princes in the press, like we're all tuned into the narrative that gets cast out there. And I think just in general, the fact that we're seeing telegraph opinion, public opinion polls. There's so much content. And there was a great piece that everyone should read by Peter Hunt about how long Camilla has worked to flip the script here. But in particular, the fact that she's really courted the media, specifically the Daily Mail, and shaping a lot of, you know, yeah. I, I, or not even shaping. She, I, I can't say that word, but just how that's ultimately led to this moment, potentially. And, you know, she she's done a lot of things right over the 17 years. Yeah. And it's not like it, I mean, I think if you really, really follow closely, it's not that much of a surprise. In 2018, I looked back, the royal family website scrubbed all mentions of princess consort in relation mm. to Camilla. And I, I just think that it's it's for so long Charles has dropped hints about this. Mm-hmm. I do think that we kind of always knew that it was just at the beginning they were really worried about public opinion and backlash to yeah. marriage, but now it's kind of come full circle. Although it's still in recent polls, only 14% of the public approves of Queen Camilla. That's mm. low. So because it won't be Queen Consort Camilla. It would just be Queen. They'll drop Queen that. Camilla. Queen because that's Camilla. Commonly, seeing it in yeah. type is intense. Right. Yeah. That's how it's commonly referred to. Because I got questions like Queen. I feel like I saw questions online that were like, what's the difference between Queen and Queen? Queen Consort, but you would say Queen Camilla, but she is Camilla Queen Consort. Mm-hmm. I think in general, though, that letter that, you know, the what the, the royal family posted on a session day was just, it was a really nice motherly moment for the queen because mm-hmm. Charles had has wanted this so much for Camilla. And so to, to pave that way for Camilla, because I don't think it would have gone over as well if Charles becomes king and then makes that move, changing stuff. I think the public reaction and backlash would have been different than if having his mom. Yeah, her approval of it is is going to, yeah, exactly. Have I feel like the public is definitely going to be more on board if Queen Elizabeth says this is how it's going to yeah. be. And I do think it's forward looking. I mean, if we mm-hmm. think about what is Kate going to be called, she's going to be Queen Catherine. Like, yeah. I think that this sets up it should be that there's this equal I mean like a feminist like yeah. I, I feel like queen like king and queen like it shouldn't be that she's on a lower level absolutely whatever feelings you have about you know Diana and those years those really tough years I feel like this is something that she Camilla deserves she is has been such a steadfast member and has been done put in the work she's put in all the work it's so so. hard to visualize the future i did want to just call out one detail is the fact that there was while all this was going on the prince andrew announcement that march 10th will be his deposition under oath with virginia's lawyers and that was really like swept under the carpet as this so it's all the timing right they like you know that didn't get as much press as queen camilla so yeah it was definitely it was like 
interesting way to make this announcement because I think it was like it was the Queen's day and she kind of ceded the moment to her daughter-in-law and that was really selfless and is like everything she has done in her entire life has been so selfless up to this point so it's like almost no surprise there but now the Queen is yeah we want to hear yeah please we want to hear what you guys think Now the queen is back at Windsor and there, but before she left Sandringham, there was this Sunday night double rainbow, which the gardener <sighs> took a photo of click this link. Rachel, have you seen this? Had I clicked gardener it Martin ahead Woods. of our recording and I did not see that until you dropped it in this and I am blown away. Like was, how did that happen? A double rainbow. Was that like the day <laughs> that she ascended the throne? I mean, there is a, a greater, like what? That is incredible. If you guys haven't seen this, you have to go to the Sandringham official account. But yeah, it is really cool. Talk about rare. (laughs) I feel like we need a moment of silence. I know. Can we just like, don't mind us while we meditate on this for a second. (laughs) It's symbolic. It's King George VI and Elizabeth, like daughter and father. I don't know. Not just a rainbow, a double rainbow. Gosh, our glee. (laughs) Okay, that's a good place to stop there. All right. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, quickly, our highs and lows. It's time for the royal highs and lows. My low is this uh, <laughs> royal typo that resulted in 10,000 teacups, dishes, and commemorative items for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, having the slogan, Platinum Jubilee. What did you think about this? I can't, I can't unsee it. Like, now whenever I say Jubilee, I want to say the Jubilee. <laughs> the Jubilee. I would like two Jubilees, please. It feels like a cocktail that you need to order. Like, we should make that, like, a Jubilee is, like... A bubbly with orange juice? I don't know. It's a mimosa. It's pretty great. Uh, there's a, all, just a lot of other things wrong with these items because the queen looks very odd in the pictures, but I kind of want one because it's Yeah, it's I mean, like that will be now. something you could sell Platinum later jubbly. on. <laughs> I'm only calling it jubbly from now on. Yes, it's better. Milo is just the curiosity of this the fact that Spencer didn't get a BAFTA nod. And we know that William was at the new BAFTA headquarters about two Thursdays ago. Then the BAFTA nominations were announced this past Thursday. And I just feel like, is that a coincidence? It's kind of funny. I mean, Kristen Stewart is so deserving. I was really thrilled to see that she got an Oscar nomination today. Yeah, she today. got one Oscar nod, yes. Yeah, but it just made me flash back also to March I guess February, March 2020, when it was pre-pandemic, we had the BAFTAs and Brad Pitt won the honor for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Margot Robbie did the honors of doing the speech. I want to play that clip. Oh, and he says um, that he is going to name this Harry because he is really excited about bringing it back to the States with him. (laughs) His words, not mine. Thanks. So good, Roberta. I want to play that clip all the time because it just makes me laugh. And then it, of course, panned right to William and Kate. Her delivery yeah. is on point, too. Yeah. And he wants to take it back to the States with it. Like, so maybe William is like, we're not going, we're not doing that again. And Spencer maybe would call some of that up where he gets panned to him because I'm sure they'll be there in person. But anyways, yeah, head scratcher of really, a low for me. That would be really hard, especially when that portrayal of their mom is is so oh yeah so that would be just and i'm not saying he did actually like meddle but it is curious (laughs) to me curious indeed my high this week is that the queen actually has three events on her calendar for march which feels very optimistic we she had that health scare back in october as you'll remember and i think 
as a royal watcher to know that she has these three planned things makes me really hopeful and really excited. So there's March 2nd, which is a diplomatic reception at Windsor, and that's a white tie event. So we're going to see them looking their best, wearing tiaras, the whole nine yards. So excited. Yes. March 14th is Commonwealth Service at Westminster Abbey, and then the 29th of March will be the service of Thanksgiving honoring Prince Philip. Big things coming up. And I I mean, I just want them to like not overwork her. Like, yes. you know what they're doing with Kate? Do the opposite. Take with it the queen. easy with Queen Elizabeth. Take it easy. Pump the brakes, you guys. Like let her <laughs> don't like say let pump her the take brakes naps. <laughs> yes. Let her do the tea and toast routine that you do. Tea like and just toast. let her chill. Meditation. Please. Please take care of we her. We need to get to June and beyond. So And okay. way beyond. Um my high was just the the shots, I hate, you know, obviously paparazzi photos. I don't love that. But that we got a glimpse of Kate Middleton out and about shopping. Just kind of casual Kate. Love this look. Mom gets a break. She runs into Peter Jones' department store. She's in skinny jeans, a Ralph Lauren sweater, the coat. I think it's just... For me, it's a reminder of what a guilty pleasure it is to just freaking browse. And I feel like you and I Mm. used to always do that on our lunch break when we were in the office together. So I just, I loved seeing those shots. What do you think she was buying? I'm assuming clothes, but I don't know. I mean, do you give the queen a present on Ascension Day? And if so, what do you get a queen? What? A joke gift? I mean, you can't, right? Oh, yeah. They love gag gifts. I'm just making it up. But maybe. But I just, I don't yeah. know, I liked her sort of off-duty style always. and I did too. Yeah. And I like just picturing her walking through a department store and no one And the mask helps her be incognito because we know that back in March she was spotted out. She was at, I think, Waterstone's bookstore in Kensington or something. And it mm-hmm. wasn't a mask. And it's like, oh my gosh, she would stop in your tracks as Kate Middleton. But in this moment, she could really fly under the radar except for those damn Yeah, there was pop- like a lot of paparazzi. passers-by near the car that she's getting to. Like nobody you wouldn't like, looked know. like they realized, like they had no idea. They actually, I read that. They complained about the way the car was parked. Did you hear Oh, I did this? see that. <laughs> that those two ladies were like yelling hush, at Kate's hush. driver to like get <laughs> off the curb. And he was like, oh, and like moved his car off the curb. But it was it was funny. To s- and then he has to text Kate. He's like, I had to move spots. Yeah. <laughs> and then for her to, or not her, for those ladies to like maybe then see the picture of themselves later. Because that picture was everywhere too. Yeah. So it was so just funny. Good. Anyways. All right. This was fun. This is a lot so of fun. fun. Always. I, I look forward to this time every single week with you. I feel like every episode this year will be so fun because there is so much. The jubbly. Forward, so <laughs> cheers to the jubbly. All right. Just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating. Here's one. It says it's the most. Oh, this is about the Diana photo documentary exhibit that Samir talked about in one of our most recent episodes. This person wrote, it's the most moving photo exhibit I've ever walked through. You have to go see it. I just got enveloped in the photos and the audio. Just an amazing experience. Wow. Please bring this exhibit to New York City. We're the Northeast. We need to see it. All right. Reminders to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Please email us info at gallerypodcast.com. What are your thoughts on Queen Camilla? We need to know. Till next week. God God save save the the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.